Good morning, everyone. So good to see everyone out. If you want to stay in Luke chapter 10, I can promise you that you will not have to turn a page the entire time that we're here together this morning. We're going to stay right there for the entirety of of the lesson this morning. We're so glad to see everyone here, our members. We have visitors uh, that are here, and we're so thankful for your presence, especially if you're from the community. I am not the regular evangelist here. I'm I'm blessed to serve as one of the shepherds here with three other men, and uh, each year we address the congregation in the first part of the year, and so that's what we're doing this morning. Please come back when one of our, our, our full-time evangelists are preaching. We have two outstanding evangelists, Jeremy and John, that, that bring the Lord's word to us every week in a very easy way to understand and completely from his word and from scripture. So please, please come back and, and be with us in that regard. If you are visiting from the community, I, I'm going to trust and hope that the things that you've here spoken this morning are going to be things that are going to excite you and things that are going to make you want to come back and maybe visit again and be a part of our worship. We would love to help you in any way that we can in your walk with God. You know, every year that we live on the face of this earth brings challenges for us, regardless of what we're going through. Certainly the past couple of years have brought some unique challenges because we've dealt with some things that we've never had to deal with in our lives. But as your shepherds, we really believe that as a whole, this congregation has remained faithful to God and has remained faithful to one another and has just really been an encouragement to us. And we can't thank you enough for that. It's absolutely a joy and a pleasure to serve in this capacity. You make it easy, and we're so thankful to be a part of this group. We want this morning to look back just for a few minutes to 2021, and then we're going to spend the rest of our time looking forward. This isn't necessarily a sermon that's going to be easy to take notes on. I'm not sure I'd even call it a sermon. It's more of an address. But let's talk a little bit about some things that happened in 2021. Um, None of the positive things were going to happen, none of the positive things that we're going to mention are things that we're giving ourselves credit for. These are all the things that the Lord has done through us. Um, so let's look back at a few of the things. We had some growth in 2021 for sure. We had some baptisms, uh, a number of baptisms, and that's obviously a wonderful thing. And the way that we absolutely want to grow is through people becoming children of God. We had a number of people place membership with us in 2021, uh, become part of this local body. We've actually got a list of people that continue to want to be members here that we're going to meet with uh, upcoming, even this morning after services. Uh, to talk about being a part of this local body. We've had babies born into this congregation this this past year. I don't think there's been a single year since I've been a member here that someone, at least one person, hasn't been expecting. And that's a wonderful thing uh, because that's another way that we multiply in the kingdom as we bring children into this world and teach them God's word. And then they raise families to do the same thing. We've had members graduate, young people graduate. We've had members get married Um, Unfortunately, we've lost some of our loved ones uh, to death, and they've gone on to get their reward. And even more unfortunately, we've lost some of our members, a few of our members who've decided to walk back into the world and to be part of that instead of continue to be part of the Lord's body. And we are very sorrowful for that, and we don't want to forget those folks. We want to continue to remember them and reach out to them and try to help them. The Lord's blessed us financially here for many years, and in this past year, we were able to be involved in a few benevolent uh, acts that I want to just make mention of. In case you're not aware of, we've tried to make, make the congregation aware of these things. We've been able to help purchase food on an ongoing basis for 
legitimately hungry brethren, brothers and sisters in Africa, that have not the ability to grow their own food. We've been able to purchase Bibles in the Philippines so they can read the scriptures in their native language. We've been able to purchase Lord's Supper emblems also to be shipped to the Philippines because there's a scarcity of grapes in that region. And we continue to be able to support preachers in this country and across the world to preach God's word and to bring others to Christ. And we're very thankful for that. And again, these are not pat ourselves on the back moments. These are glory to God moments because he's using us in ways that we're willing to be used in his kingdom. And we want to continue to do that. We've also continued to enjoy unity and peace in this congregation, something that we should never, ever take for granted. There is so much division in this world, so much division based on politics, based on, on, on race, based on vaccination status, based on socioeconomic status, you name it. Satan is trying as hard as he can to divide people and to keep people apart. But the one constant that we can always count on, despite those differences that exist in the world, is that those can all be put aside in the Lord's body. No matter what those differences are, they can be put aside, and we can be united, and we can live in peace with one another, because we have a much greater purpose, a much greater cause, than all of those things that the Lord, or the, all those things that Satan is trying to use to divide us. And so, again, we, we thank you for that. We continue to be a congregation of different ages, different races, different backgrounds, different talents, different levels of wealth, and we continue to work together in peace and harmony. And we're richly, richly blessed for that, so we don't want to forget what the Lord has blessed us with in that regard. So then what do we do moving forward? Things sound like they're going pretty good, and and we are very thankful for that, but we can never be satisfied in the Lord's work. There's always more work to do. So let's talk a little bit about some things in 2022, um, talk specifically about a few things, and then we're going to talk a little bit about our theme for the year. As your shepherds, we want you to know, you know, we meet on a very regular basis, and we invite you to meet with us and talk with us whenever you want, but in those meetings, many times we are talking about and praying about ways we can help individual members, ways we can help uh, different age groups within this congregations, uh, the congregation as a whole, and we take this responsibility very seriously, and we want to lead and serve in a way that challenges each of us, each of us to grow in, in, this, in this work together. It is alarming to us that in our culture, our current culture, that the bar of what is acceptable has been set so low and continues to decline in what is acceptable. It's declined in what is acceptable when it comes to work ethic. Laziness is embraced in a lot of ways now. It's declined in regard to language, in regard to commitment to anything in general, in regard to worship, and we could go on and on. I, I, in my lifetime, I'm going to sound like an old man now, but I guess that's because I am. Um, I never dreamed in my lifetime I would see a system set up where you get a bonus just because you show up to work. I never dreamed I would see um, the use of the most vulgar of profane words just continually by people in all walks of life, by leaders, by politicians on both sides of the aisle, acting like it's no big deal in a very public way. But it's where we are. I never dreamed we'd see the day where churches would so easily close their doors or make it so easy for people not to come to worship by substituting in-person worship with online worship, whatever that is. 
because it's not real worship. But that's where we are. I never dreamed I'd see the day where someone can choose their gender, but that's where we are. And I don't say these things to discourage us. The world is mired in sin, but it's always been mired in sin. So we're really no different than the world always has been. Maybe the one difference is that we're seeing some things maybe in this country for the first time that we haven't seen because Satan is acting in such a bold, bold way that maybe we haven't experienced before. But I say this because these are opportunities for us to shine our lights. They truly are. To give hope, to show a better way to people who are looking for a better way, and there are people that are looking. This is our time when we exist in the timeline of existence. God didn't make a mistake putting us here in this time. This is where we are, and this is when we can be effective. Just like when Esther was placed in her time, when Daniel was placed in his time. We are here to do God's work, regardless of how bad it may look to us, how sad it may look to us, and discouraging it may look to us. He expects us to do his work, and he's placed us here on purpose to do this work. So let's talk a little bit in in regard to that and some of the cultural things we're challenged with. Let's talk just a little bit about how we're going to use some of our Sunday nights. And first of all, we want to thank you so much for the response, the great response to our request and encouragement a few weeks ago to make sure we're part of our Sunday night worship. We've already noticed a difference in that, and we're very thankful for that response. But we're we're going to do something a little different with some of our Sunday night services, at least once a month for the next six months or so, We're going to address some of these sinful cultural issues that we're dealing with in the world on a regular basis. Uh, Issues that confront us, issues that confront our children. There's going to be a series of lessons dealing with this uh, on topics like homosexuality, topics, uh, gender issues, abortion, alcohol, marijuana, recreational drugs, technology, social media, how we use those, how they harm us. So we want to let you know that because these are going to be very practical lessons with very, very specific application. And John and Jeremy uh, will be doing these for the most part when the elders may be doing one from time to time also. But it's going to be important for us to, to be a part of this because these are very, very practical things for us. And we're also in the process of finalizing a weekend meeting uh, later in the year uh, that will be very specifically based on technology, how we use it, the pitfalls of it. Um, I've personally listened to a couple of the lessons that these two young preachers uh, Uh, participate in with this weekend meeting. They're outstanding lessons, and I promise you it will challenge your thinking and your behavior on this if your mind is open to it. So, as has been the case for a number of years, we want to start the new year with a theme for 2022 to help us stay focused on our walk with God. And uh, maybe this year challenge ourselves in a way that's a little bit different than we've challenged ourselves in the past. So, let's continue in Luke 10 beginning in verse 38. We're going to read a story together that's probably very familiar to many people. Beginning in verse 38, you can just read the screen, or if you want to read from your scripture, from your own Bible, that's perfectly fine. Now, as they were traveling along, he entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister called Mary who was seated at the Lord's feet, listening to his word. But Martha was distracted with all her preparations, and she came up to him and said, Lord, Do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? Then tell her to help me. But the Lord answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered about so many things, but only one thing is necessary for Mary has chosen the good part, 
which shall never be taken away from her. You know, we know that the Lord had a very special relationship from other texts with Mary and Martha and their brother Lazarus. Um, We know that that relationship was so strong that we see in John chapter 11, the only time that Jesus is recorded weeping, that he, he weeps because of Lazarus' death and the emotional trauma it's causing on Mary and Martha. Even though he's going to raise Lazarus from the dead, he's so connected with them and has such a deep relationship with them that he weeps because of that relationship. We see them interacting and talking with each other just like regular people because they were. They had conversations with each other just like we might have with one another. Sometimes their conversations were very transparent. They were honest. They were compassionate. And sometimes raw emotions occurred in those conversations with one another. So it shouldn't surprise us that we see that very thing happening right here in this text. I think this is a very, very relatable story for us. There are some stories throughout Scripture that may not be so relatable to us because of some of the cultural issues that existed, but this one is. Jesus is a guest in their home. And as is often the case, when we practice hospitality, things have to get done. The house needs to be cleaned. Guest rooms need to be prepared. Sheets need to be changed. Food needs to be bought and prepared. Everything has to get ready. If you've ever hosted an open house for a graduating uh, child from high school, you know that that hallway closet has to get painted that, you know, no one's going to look at because everything else is getting cleaned up. And that's just one of the more things on the list that you've got to get done. It's... It's a stressful time, it can be. Practicing practicing hospitality, though, is a good thing. In fact, in Scripture, we're told a number of places just how important it is and just how much we need to do it in order if we're going to be faithful to God. So if you've practiced hospitality, you've felt the things that Martha has felt, most likely. You've probably felt at times, maybe, that the majority of the work has fallen on you. And it's not wrong to feel frustrated when that happens, and it's not wrong to ask for help When that happens, we should expect help from our family. And that's exactly what's happening here. There's a lot going on in Martha's mind that needs attention. And overall, those things are good. And she's frustrated because she she doesn't feel like Mary is pulling her weight, that she's doing her part. She's so frustrated, she even questions Jesus' care for her. Do you not see that Mary's not helping me? Don't you care, Lord, that Mary's not helping me? And then she's bold enough to tell Jesus what to do. Tell her to help me is how frustrated she is. And this is where I think the story really gets interesting because Jesus says this to her. Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her. Serving is a good thing. It's a Christ-like quality. Hospitality is a good thing. It's a Christ-like quality. But sometimes there's something better, something that is more good than good. Let me say that again. Sometimes there's something better, something more good than good. When Alan read just a moment ago from Luke 10... I don't know if you noticed the context there, but it's the story of the Good Samaritan. And maybe it's a coincidence that the Martha and the Mary story follow this. Maybe it's not a coincidence. I don't know. But I think there's a common thread here. The priest and the Levite were too busy with their lives to stop and help the beaten man. 
I don't know what they had going on in their lives, but I'm pretty confident that priests and Levites were busy people doing a lot of good on a regular basis, and at least teaching about doing good on a regular basis. So let's give them the benefit of the doubt there. Maybe there was a conference in Jerusalem, or maybe there was a conference in Jericho. I don't know. They were, they were traveling between those two places. And maybe they were speaking there, and they didn't feel like they had time to stop because they had such good information they were going to be dispensing. But then the most unlikely responders responds, a filthy Samaritan, choosing to do that which was good in the moment, which was better in the moment, when the priest and the Levite should have been doing the same thing. Choosing to show love, choosing to show mercy, choosing to show hospitality, rather than just talking about it or teaching it. That story was initiated by the text that Alan read a while ago. When the lawyer asked what was necessary to inherit eternal life, and Jesus says to love God with all of our heart, our soul, our mind, our strength, and to love our neighbors as ourselves. I believe in the Good Samaritan story and in the Mary and Martha story, we see those both being demonstrated. For sure, in the Good Samaritan story, we see neighbor love being demonstrated, which really ultimately is love for God. And in the Mary and Martha story, we see love for God being demonstrated. Both stories demonstrating the choice to do the better in the moment, to choose the good, the best in that situation. In the moment, no matter what the priest and the Levite were doing, where they were going, there was something better there for them to do. And they needed to choose the good portion. In the moment, there was something better for Martha to do than the good thing she was doing. The Lord was in her presence and he was teaching. She needed to choose the good portion. And so our theme for 2022 is going to be choosing the good the better. Obviously, when the choice we are presented with is between good and evil, we have to choose good. And there's going to be some lessons, some references throughout the year, I'm sure, as it pertains to those things and as it relates to our theme. But that's really a totally different conversation. Please don't miss that than what we're talking about here. We're going to keep being tempted. We're going to continue to be challenged and Satan's going to continue to put sinful choices in front of us. But if we as a group or even as individuals are continually struggling every time we have a choice between good and evil, no matter what that good and evil are, if that's a significant challenge for us every time, that's a whole different issue. That's a whole different problem that we need to be moving past from a maturity standpoint. Sure, certain things are going to tempt me more than they're going to tempt you, and we're going to have those challenges. But if it's just always a battle between should it do good or should it do evil, that's a problem. We're talking about something different this morning. We're talking about something different that we're going to work with each other on and work together on for 2022. And that's the idea that we're taking a step forward in our growth, in our maturity, to where we're looking always for the better of two non-sinful choices. But the decision still could greatly impact our growth and our level of maturity as we move forward. So you're going to hear lessons this year. Jeremy, this is the part where I'm going to talk about what you're going to talk about, you and John. So he said he wanted to take some notes. I said, probably not a great lesson to take notes on, but here's that part. You're going to hear some lessons on what's really necessary in our lives. 
in our daily lives, in our families, in our marriages? What's truly necessary? Lessons on distractions, our busy culture. Lessons on decisions and choices in choosing friends, in choosing a spouse. Maybe one choice is better than another. Maybe neither choices are sinful, but maybe one choice is better than another. The young man that plays quarterback for Alabama here tomorrow night in the national championship game won the Heisman a few weeks ago. And I watched that presentation because I love sports. And he was talking about some advice his father gave him when he was a younger man, played basketball too. And his dad told him this, and I thought this was great advice from a life lesson standpoint, though. His dad said, son, if you're the best player in the gym, find a new gym. What he meant by that was you're not being challenged if you're always the best player. Maybe sometimes in our choices with friends or choices with acquaintances, it's not to say we don't have friends in the world. It's not sinful to have friends in the world, but maybe there's a better choice. Maybe there's a better choice of who we're surrounding ourselves with to make ourselves more like God. If we're always the strongest influence in every situation that we're in, maybe we need to increase our circle of friends so that there's some influence on us too. Choices on regarding activities for our children. Lessons on that, just to name a few. There are many, many more lessons and practical applications that we're going to talk about this year. Again, Jeremy, John, the elders. Um, So we look forward to that. So before we close this morning, let's go back to the Luke text and let's make a few observations and applications for ourselves this morning because we don't want to leave without doing that. And what Jesus says here is so true regarding the distractions that we often don't see even the non-sinful distractions, when he says again, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her. I want to focus on the three things Jesus says there at the end of this text. Only one thing is necessary. Choose the good portion. It will not be taken away. So I think the question becomes, so what is the one thing that's necessary? What's the good portion and what's not going to be taken away? And I believe with all of my heart that the answer is the same to all three of those questions. The answer is Jesus Christ. He is the, the one thing that's necessary. He is the good portion, and he is the one thing that will never be taken away. He was the answer, and he was standing right in front of them. And he's the answer, and he's right in front of us this morning, speaking directly to us. Jesus is the one thing that is necessary. You say, well, Kevin, what about food and clothing and work and retirement accounts and and recreation and family and friends? And and we're not going to get too specific this morning because we're going to cover some of these things throughout the year. Sure, all those things are useful. Those things aren't sinful, and they have a place. Some are of tremendous, tremendous value. When you start talking about family and friendships, tremendous value. But here's the difference. Ultimately, None of those things are necessary because none of those things will save us. And we can lose every one of those things and still go to heaven. None of those things create a relationship with God. Otherwise, that we wouldn't have. And so God specifically tells us that he's going to provide all these other earthly needs that we have. Yet we often find ourselves not choosing sin, but choosing something less than Jesus, something that will make us or maybe leave us in the same place from a maturity standpoint, 
that we are right now versus something that's going to move us in a direction that's going to make us more like him. Jesus is the good portion. He is love. He is forgiveness. He is the way, the truth, the life. He's the bread of life. He's the living water. He's the good shepherd. He is forgiveness. He is grace. He is mercy. He is perfection. He is perfection. I mentioned I love sports. I'm going to talk about this game tomorrow night again, not because I'm invested in it. I really don't care who wins, but because I'll watch it. I love sports, and it's here in Indianapolis. It's about 100,000 people going to be here this weekend for this game. Sports is something that I've, that I have, uh, you know, been way too invested in in my life in the past. And something I've had to really work hard at to not be so invested. There are going to be a lot of really, really, really disappointed people tomorrow night after this game's over. Again, I don't know who's going to win. I don't care who's going to win. But there are going to be a lot of really disappointed people because they have felt that they have been following the best. And they're heavily invested emotionally from a time standpoint. And after it's all over, about half of those folks are not going to be very happy. And they're not going to be happy, very happy for, for several days to come. And look, we're not picking on sports. All that, all that time, that energy, that emotion, that money that's gone, you name the topic, any different topic that we're, we're pursuing something because we believe it is the best. But they all ultimately lead to the same place. And what is that place? That place is disappointment, ultimately. Everything. Everything that's not Christ or about Christ. Look, even as precious as those relationships that we have here on earth are, and we have very, very many precious relationships, and even if we believe that those relationships we have are the best relationships that exist, ultimately, those are going to disappoint us too. And that death is going to occur. And loss is going to occur because of death. And those relationships will no longer exist. And that's not to say we don't nurture those things. It's not to say that we don't cherish those relationships and build them because the Lord tells us to do that. It's also not to say that we don't enjoy many of the things he's given us in this life to enjoy. But just not at his expense. Just not at his expense. We love perfection. We love the perfect game. We love the perfect performance. We love the perfect record. We love the perfect score on an exam. We love perfection. We love reading about perfection, following perfection. Jesus is perfection. We have that. He's the perfect Savior. And he knows your name. And Jesus is what won't be taken away. He's promised us that. He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. No one else, nothing else can make that promise and uphold that promise. He's conquered death. He's won the victory. He's undefeated. Yet often we find ourselves still pursuing so many things that have no longevity, no sustainability, no promise, no fulfillment. Again, I'm not talking about sinful things, but things will absolutely be taken away or replaced. And we do that over and over again, expecting a different result, and that by definition is insanity. So that's what we're going to focus on this year. We're going to focus on helping one another to make the good choice the better choice. Choosing the good portion, choosing the best option, always choosing Jesus Christ. Maybe you've never made that choice. Maybe you've 
heard about Jesus Christ, maybe you read about Jesus Christ, maybe you thought that you need to make that choice, well, we can, we can help you make that choice this morning if you want to make that choice. It'll be the best choice you ever make in your life, and we can help you uh, start that relationship by baptizing you for the remission of your sins this morning, this very morning. We're going to stand and sing a song together uh, here in just a moment where you're going to have a chance to surrender your life to Jesus, and that's, that's what that song is talking about. And so if we can help you in that regard or in any other way spiritually, uh, please come forward as we stand and sing.